You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Election College, Episode 67. In this episode, things get a little crazy with a new amendment, a resignation of a president, and a new president. Let's throw a political party. Face it, the political scene sucks, but did it always? It's time for Election College, and class is in session. Now, your hosts, Jason Goff and Ben Smith. Jason, things were trucking along pretty nicely, um, but then, you know, like, Spiro Agnew, that guy again. Yeah, yeah. He's mm-hmm. he's he's gonna leave. Um, we'll talk about that in a minute. But before we do, I don't know what happens when the vice president steps down. There's like no thing in place. Oh yes, there is. Ben. Oh okay. Well, uh, what is it? It's called the Twenty Fifth Amendment. And I don't remember that one. We I don't think that exists. Yeah, I mean, it's for reals. Uh, The 25th Amendment, it was adopted way back in February of 1967. But if you're living in 1973, like we are, dude, it's not that long ago. (laughs) Exactly. Did you say dude? Ironically? (laughs) (laughs) I was just trying to think of if it were 1973, how would I talk? Gotcha. Okay. I kind of still talk like that sometimes now. Would but, I say man? Uh, um, I don't know. Or groovy? I don't know. <laughs> well, anyway, the uh, there's this part in the Constitution that's not real clear on what happens after the president is either not able to serve or decides not to serve or who gets to decide whether the president can't serve, like if he's incapacitated or something. And it also doesn't really put into like we, there's kind of this cultural understanding of what happens, but there's nothing official that says, well, when a vice president is when when that position's vacant, what happens then? Like, d- does like a, a goat take the spot or <laughs> like what happens then? So we've had a couple instances where this was actually an issue, right? So back in 1841, William Henry Harrison he dies pretty quick, right? Mm-hmm. And we know that Tyler becomes the president because that's just what you do. And there was some controversy, and you can listen to that episode <laughs> about <laughs> the controversy. Was he the president? Was he acting president? Was he pretending to be president? <laughs> and what what ended up happening is Tyler was indeed the president, and as most of us know in the United States, most of our laws are um, carried out because of a thing called precedent. So if I am the president and I die and 
John Tyler comes along and they say, yeah, he's the president. It becomes known as the Tyler precedent. So there wasn't anything written into the Constitution. It's just there's a precedent. Yeah, the funniest thing about the Tyler situation was he was like, all right, well, I'll take the oath. And some people are like, what, why? Like nobody, nobody asked you to take the oath. He's like, it's a cool, I'll just, I'm going to take the oath so I can be president. And they're like, well, I, but that's not like how it goes. Okay. Well, okay, go ahead. And then Tyler moves into the White House. He assumes all the powers of the presidency. Nobody really steps up and says anything different. And Congress is like, all right, so Tyler's the president, I guess. <laughs> and then all of a sudden after that, yeah, like Jason said, there's a precedent. And that's what happens until this 25th Amendment rolls along. There's some other occasions. Uh, Woodrow Wilson has a stroke. Uh, no one really takes on the presidential powers, um, partially because his wife didn't really tell anybody how bad off he was. So that's a problem. And then this is insane, Jason. The vice presidency, we all, we talked about this a lot, but we yeah. didn't talk about the vacancies 16 different times. This is not a good position to have. It's just nuts. Yeah. 16 Absolutely. times it's, it's vacant, death or resignation. So, yeah. So people are like, what in the heck <laughs> do we do? And the whole issue of presidential succession and things like that, because FDR, I mean, he was president uh, for like four years after FDR dies. Um, Truman didn't have a vice president in that, that immediate term that it started when FDR passed away. I could have said that a lot <laughs> easy being quicker, but why not? So <laughs> what do you do when the vice president steps down? And that's the situation that we're faced with because Spiro Agnew, by October of 73, he's out of there. Yeah, Spiro was, um, well, I think what it came down to finally was tax evasion, essentially. He had, no, there were some, there were some issues where, okay, maybe he took some bribes and um, maybe, he, maybe he shouldn't have and he took some gifts he shouldn't have. But the biggest issue was, yeah, whenever Agnew took a $29,500 income, which I think was a gift uh, at one point or something like that, he took that gift and he did not report it as income on his taxes. And the court said, okay, um, you'll be all right. We won't press like super good charges against you if you'll admit to it and you'll step down as the vice president. And so he's like, all right. I'll step down. <laughs> that sounds fair, right? I suppose. I mean, he got, he didn't have any criminal charges placed against him, but it wouldn't be the first. Yeah. I think it's kind of interesting because so the state of Maryland is like, hey, Spiro, you're disbarred because you're kind of corrupt. Yeah. And in their little thing that said, Hey, you're disbarred. They called him, quote, morally obtuse. Ooh, that's a bummer. It is. It's hey, really you now have this stapled onto, you know, it's almost like the scarlet letter for, <laughs> for Agnew. He's morally obtuse. So fortunately for Nixon and the rest of the country, I suppose, 
we had the 25th Amendment, which states that when there is a vacancy, it states a lot of stuff, but I'm just going to hit the high, high points here. Whenever there is a vacancy in the office of the vice president, the president shall nominate a vice president who shall take office upon confirmation by a majority vote of both houses of Congress. So basically, vice president's gone, president nominates somebody, Congress says yes. Yeah, so there you are. In the House of Representatives, there is a rep from the great state of Michigan, go Wolverines. And I and I don't really mean go Wolverines because I live near Ohio and lots of people would be upset with me if I said and that. And I'm a Penn Stater, so I don't even think I can be in the same room with, with that statement. So Okay, so never mind. There's a guy from Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> like Grand Rapids area, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. And his name is Gerald Ford. He's the House Minority Leader. So he's not even like the Majority Leader. He doesn't get to sit behind the president during the State of the Union. He's just sitting there doing his thing, doing his representative thing. Yeah. I, I'm sure he's doing a great job. But Nixon is like, hey, Jerry, come be my new vice president. And Gerald Ford is like, I really want to be the majority leader in the House someday. I don't know. And it's kind of out of your control, Ben, of being the majority leader because, I mean, that's that's a pretty big transition that needs to take place because ever since FDR, uh, the Democrats have pretty much ruled the House. Right, yeah. And the New York Times at the time said um, Nixon told them that he sought advice from senior congressional leaders about a replacement, and the advice was unanimous. Um they said Ford is the only guy you're going to get. And that's one of the biggest reasons he chose him. You know, I'm sure he, like Jason said, he had other merits too, but there was really no other option. Like it's going to be Ford and Ford's like, well, I was going to do something else. And they're like, no, you're going to be vice president. And he's like, I, what I meant was I was going to be vice president now. Uh, thanks for the opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Cause it's really important to be the vice president, right? Mm-hmm. Especially when, the president is Richard Nixon. Uh, not a crook yet or it, something. It, it, yeah. yeah. We don't know. Yeah. We're, we're right here on the edge of our seat with you all. So. <laughs> so now we have Nixon, president, Ford, vice president, and everybody loves Nixon. Yeah. Hey, all you kids out there, you know, you've heard all these uh, these sayings lately. Deflate gate, like, you know, dealing with the Patriots and the, mm-hmm. the deflated balls. And you've heard the uh, all the online scandals being referred to as such and such gate, whatever. Watergate that we're about to talk about is where they all get that name from. This is this is the patient zero of the gate terminology. <laughs> so I just wanted to throw that out there because I actually um, was talking to someone recently who was like, why do they call everything such and such gate? And I was like. Really, you're almost 30. Like, you should know this. But anyway. Yeah, it's crazy because gate is all over the place now. Mm-hmm. I'm always saying gate. I'm like, can't we do better? <laughs> but anyway, so the original patient zero yeah. <laughs> gate, Watergate. And what this is all about is 
while President Nixon is like tearing up all of the polls and he's doing a great job, um, he's got some shady characters who are bugging the offices of his political opponents. Yeah, that's usually not a great idea, especially when it's illegal and it's a federal crime. So that's a problem. But there's um, there's a bunch of reporters who get wind of things. The uh, the Democratic Party headquarters, which were at the Watergate complex, uh, were broken into by five men in June of 72. So this is like, you know, right before the election rolls around. Yeah, this is like when the Democrats are imploding on themselves and tripping over each other. Right. Just doing awful. And Nixon is like, hey, I'm the man for the Republicans and I'm awesome. And everybody's like, yeah, you're awesome. So why in the world? You just look back on this and think, are you that insecure? Right. Yeah. And it's funny, not funny. It's sad because some of the implosion that happened because of the or that happened in the Democratic Party, I think was probably a direct result of some of the nefarious things that were happening by command of Nixon and his cronies or whatever you want to call them. Crony was not meant to be derogatory, but it sounds that way. So, yeah. Yeah. Hey, Ben, I love the name of the organization behind the Nixon's campaign back in 72, Uh (laughs) the committee for the reelection of the president, the CRP. Makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the FBI, they're like, yeah, there is a connection between the cash that these burglars had and the slush fund that was used by that committee. Right. Yeah. And then there's also some evidence that, um, that there's this, there's like a lot of tapes and wiretapping and, um, like a lot of this stuff is not really like illegal at all. So, uh, you can't do that Nixon and all your friends. And, um, we're going to take all that stuff. And then also like, there's this guy on the inside, uh, he goes by deep throat because he doesn't want to reveal his name. Um, he he also said you did some bad stuff. So we're we're going to have to have a talk. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that is kind of the deal with Watergate is is it really oops or was it intentional? Was Nixon really involved in the nitty-gritty of this or what? But there's a lot that can be said about Watergate. I mean, Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there's like a billion documentaries out there. I'm sure there's one of them on Netflix. Um, we we could talk for probably hours about all the minutia and all the he did this, he didn't do that kind of discussion. But what you need to know is that it got so bad that Nixon was probably going to be impeached. Like it was almost definite he was going to be impeached. Yeah, and not only impeached, but convicted. Right. Like the Senate was not looking favorably at Nixon. And by the time August of 1974 rolls around, he's resigning. Right. And so he comes forward and, you know, the, the, the reason we keep, if you, if you are unaware, the reason we keep making a reference to Nixon as not being a crook is because in a, in a famous speech, he said, I'm not a crook. Um, simply just, if you're wondering, I'm not a crook. And then later he comes and says, 
okay, there's a lot of stuff that um, I failed at, and there's other things I think I've done good at, but I know when I need to kind of give in, and I'm I'm just going to, for the sake of the country, I'm going to take this hit, and I'm going to resign. Yeah. And so Gerald Ford, the guy who was never even elected as the vice president, becomes president. And a month later, Ford pardons Nixon, which we will get a little more into some of the ramifications of that decision in the next mm-hmm. episode. Yep. So there you have it. It's it's really strange because we've had elections or we've had presidents who were never elected, but here we have a situation where the only people who ever voted Ford into an office that would take him to Washington was a congressional district in Michigan. That's insane. (laughs) And, and there he is in the white house. And, um, that's some house of cards stuff right there. Yeah. Hey, well, thanks for listening. If you have uh, have forgotten about us on iTunes, we're there. We're still there. And we're a lot of other places, too. But iTunes is a great place for you to go and leave a review. Let us know you like what you're hearing. And let everybody else know you like what you're hearing so that they'll want to hear it, too. Yeah. Hey, Ben, uh, speaking of somebody who did take a few moments to give us a review, we really appreciate this. E. Herman uh, said, this is a great listen. Uh, it's a podcast that I always look forward to listening to. It's particularly useful for early and less obscure elections, but it always works. The nicknames become a little annoying, but Jason and Ben seem to get better with them as the series went on. Hey, I like Andy Jack. Yeah, for real. But thanks. Yeah. I know a lot about the subject matter, but I still find it informative and a good time. They make it an in- enjoyable experience. It's less dry than other history podcasts, but more serious than others that touch on history and name only. Check it out. Hey, thanks for that. We appreciate it. And uh, if you want to possibly, if we have um, room to, to have your review read on the show, then... Um leave a review and maybe we'll say it. We'll, we'll talk about it later. Here's another thing I want you to do on, uh, we've got all these social media sites, right? We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Go on to one of our posts on one of those and just tag a friend, just tag a friend and say, you should check this out. And we think that, um, that that'll really help other people find out about the show and enjoy it more as well. Yeah. And we promise that it will never be called tag gate or social gate or, I don't. I can't promise that. I, I don't know what the public will call our doings. I, I think it's legit. Okay, um, we're not crooks, so it's probably okay. <laughs> hey, we never were elected for this, so that's true. <laughs> All right, thanks everybody for listening. We will talk to you again next time. Yeah, we'll see you then. Have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. 
And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.